I filmed this episode of the e-commerce swipe file back when we were still traveling in New York City with Alex, the CEO of Higher Horatio, one of our contacts and our partners. We chatted about all things customer service from some of the best practices to how customer service can really impact a culture and at the end of the day, sale. So enjoy this slightly longer episode of the e-commerce swipe file. And if you want, and if you're interested in partnering with Higher Horatio, let me know in the comments below. Happy to make that intro to one of our contact center partners. Enjoy this episode of the e-commerce swipe file. As always, powered by Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I'm here in New York City with one of our partners, Alex Ross from Higher Horatio. Now, one of the questions that we get asked all the time is, how do I outsource my contact center? Should I outsource? When do I outsource? Can I outsource half? Alex Runs is a co-founder of Higher Horatio, which if you haven't guessed already from the intro, a contact center. So Alex is based here in New York. They have a lot of employees all over the US and specifically in the Dominican Republic. And Alex, we were just talking uh, a lot about how customer experience and the customer service culture can really impact the entire company. So what, what has your experience been on when it's time to, to bring bring in a partner to help you out with that, what can brands expect, and really ultimately how does it how does it benefit them when they when they expand, and not just from a dollars and cents perspective, but uh, from a culture perspective as well. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that we're always asked by a lot of the, the startup founders who work with is, Alex, when is it right to start using you know a customer experience outsourcing, right? Um, and one of the things we really talk with a lot of these companies, depending on what, what stage you're in, is when you started a company, for the first probably six months, what you really want to do is we truly believe that the founders are the ones that should be answering those emails. They should be reading the customer complaints, they should be get, getting the feedback, and they should start to build a system of what are our customers saying, how can we change our products or features, and then what can we do in the future right, so that we address these problems. After around that kind of six month mark where a lot of these founders are moonlighting and spending their late nights um, really answering tickets and emails and phone calls, um, then it's time to really start to say, okay, how can um, outsourcing this help us? How can we optimize this? How can I optimize my time? And not just putting it on somebody else to do this, but putting it on experts that can develop a strategy for how you should talk to customers, how you should answer phone calls, how you should answer a chat, um, and then use that team to build metrics and data on how do we change our business constantly and get feedback from a customer um, outsourcing partner and saying how can we continue to optimize what we're doing for each of our customers every day, day in and day out. I think that's really important, especially too, as a founder, when you first start out, you're learning what your customers don't know, and that's all very valuable feedback, whether it's finding out why they didn't purchase you didn't have PayPal turned on, or uh, they had a lot of questions with their products, so maybe you need some more lifestyle images to show the product being used in in a specific way. We're just talking about, uh, about suitcases, for example, and maybe it's showing that suitcase in the overhead bin on a number of different planes, just answer those questions of will it fit in on the overhead bin of, of this planet's domestics, little things like that to proactively reduce that, but also from an employee morale standpoint, so they're not answering the same questions over and over and over again. And this is something that does come up and that we were chatting about. What can brands do to have better morale and a better culture around around that contact center? Because I know that you were saying 
uh, it's something you take a lot of pride in. Something we take a lot of pride in is the lives of the, the agents. So, what are some of the ways that you that you make it fun for for the agents that you work with? Yeah, that's a great question. We spend a lot of time really focused on um, our employees, and we, and we do it for two reasons, right? The, the first reason um, is because you get better people when you have a better culture, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that you've seen across a number of different startups, um, and we build that um, in our uh, contact center as well. But the other reason is the brands that we work with, the startups, um, the quick growing companies, they want a company that um, when they outsource aligns with their culture, right? And so that's why at Horatio, we're really focused on how do we bring the best employee experience so they can deliver the best customer experience. And that goes from everything from giving them Grubhub accounts to um, you know the pizza parties in the office to a cool office setting where they work from couches. Um, everybody has this flexibility to even paying for tuition reimbursement. We have a lot of people that are in school um, and looking for you know other opportunities and growth opportunities um, in our company, and we support our employees fully in that. Um, and so it's all around building this holistic culture of like. I want to work somewhere um, and I want to work for cool companies and that's why we get to partner with great cool companies um, that our employees really love working for and then you add on the office and the benefits and the perks of that um, and you really build a holistic approach where you're really partnering with these companies and people that we work with and the companies that we work with really feel that our employees are members of their direct team. No, that's awesome. And I think it's so important too that members of the CX team where in a high growth startup, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that the team from Jet or Walmart, it was like 35 people out of a WeWork. It was not a huge team that built that up, but the CX team might be 3,500 people. And when that's such a big percentage of, uh, of your employee base, you have to treat them the same way that you're treating everyone else. Otherwise, there's going to be a ton of animosity. Why is, why are, why, why is one of living like kings and queens and royalty and why are we being measured by the second of because I did I took too long uh, when I went to the bathroom. Yeah, that's a it's a really interesting dichotomy that we start to see with companies that um, kind of skip that outsourcing phase and just started to hiring in-house and hiring in-house and what basically happens is, is you get these really large teams, right, where you, you have a company of a hundred people, right? but 60 of them are um, on the customer experience side, right? Mm -hmm. And it gets really difficult in terms of like managing, um, you know, a large group of these types of employees where you have, you know, customer experience associates here, and then you have, you know, your engineers and your founders and your C-suite executives. And so companies constantly deal with how do we make sure that like our company culture stays intact? Um, because you know we want to treat everybody fairly and so that's what a lot of the companies that we work with when we build out those larger teams for them right we tell them that like we will handle their company culture right look at the culture at, at Horatio we invite people to come to our office see it um, and see kind of the just the vibe that we've built for our employees and say let us handle the culture for this this you know larger 40, 50 person CX team, um, you handle your culture, but let's just check in and make sure that those are really aligned. And I think we find a lot that the cultures that, with the companies that we're working with, um, you know, fast growing companies, e-commerce companies, subscription models, um, their cultures really align well with exactly how we've built ours, um, which really makes us feel like we're all working together as one company. No, absolutely, I think it's uh, one last thought before we, we wrap it up, but it's so important to, to see whether it's your suppliers or your manufacturers or your contact center, just knowing what's going on with anyone who represents 
your company. I mean, it's no secret going back to luggage. There was a luggage company that a few months ago, and I think everyone would have seen the article, and just how that toxic culture wasn't so great. And especially if it's outsourced, it can be very easy to just be blissfully ignorant to that and say, oh, well, that's not really our problem. We, we The company said that they were good. So it's great to see that you're so transparent with bringing your clients down to, so that they can see that it is uh, a parallel culture with the culture that they're bringing in and, and sharing those values. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think one of the biggest things that we ask for the companies that we work with um, to kind of align those cultures is right when we start off with the company, we ask, you know, do you have the, the same swag, the t-shirts, the hats, the, you know, the pens and paper and things that, that you can send us that we can actually bring down. We give the employees that um, they wear the t-shirts every day. If you ask any of our employees that work for any of the different companies we work for, I mean, there is a competitive spirit about who gets to work for the coolest company and what they're doing and how they're coming up with new ideas for that company and innovating for them and saying, how do we really align ourselves with these brands? Um, but our employees kind of do it for us. They love working for these cool, fast-growing companies um, and it's an opportunity that they really cherish um, and develop internal relations with people in-house at the company. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great so way to wrap it up. We were just talking off camera. Uh, so stay tuned, we're going to be doing a webinar on conversational commerce and really laying out a playbook for your CX team to make sure that the, all the values, all that language gets transcribed for, through every customer interaction. So if you enjoyed this podcast, stay tuned, follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, follow Gorgeous. Alex, where can people find you? Because we're probably going to be promoting this webinar right as you're, uh, you're hearing this episode. Yeah, definitely. You can find uh, me on LinkedIn uh, for Alex Ross at Hire Horatio. Or feel free to follow us on Instagram. Hire Horatio uh, is the handle. So feel free to give us a follow. Uh, we'd love to talk more. Awesome. Sounds good. And as always, make sure you like this video. Five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're calling it these days. Share it with, uh, with everyone on Slack. Do an app here at channel. We'll give you a free month of gorgeous if uh, you send me that screenshot and share this video with your mother-in-law. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. And as always, share this video with everyone you know, including your mother-in-law.